0: Hello and welcome to Tech Demand Weekly, the podcast for B2B marketing professionals. At the beginning of every year, marketers make predictions about what is set to be bigger and better over the next 12 months. 2019 was no different. In fact, we even did it ourselves in a previous episode with Stephanie Stahl. While Stephanie and I tried to cover as many different content marketing tools as possible in that episode, one in particular is always at the top of every predictions
1: list, video marketing. I budget for and spend money on high production quality, trust building, storytelling, conversion videos. You know, it's, that's really the key to marketing in everything is to align your, your budget and your expectations. I mean, would you rather listen to something that was 15 minutes long, but it fluffed up to 20 minutes, or that was 25 minutes long, but was trimmed down to be the most juicy, impactful 20 minutes?
0: Today, we welcome back Andy Crestodina of Orbit Media. Andy is a digital strategist and has worked with more than a thousand businesses over the last 18 years. Having recently written an article all about video marketing, I started our conversation by asking him what it is about video that is so appealing to the content marketer.
1: Well, if video wasn't as effective as it is, then you wouldn't see it pushed to the top of all of our social streams in Facebook and LinkedIn. Just look at the home screen on any social network and you'll see that videos are being pushed to the top because all the data, and these people have a lot of data, all the data is showing just how much more powerful it is as a format for engagement. It has, uh, it, I mean, in the context of images and text, it's movement. And that motion has stopping power. It is at the top of the visual hierarchy on any screen, big or small. So when you see video, it captures attention When you see people in video, right? It has the ability to hold your attention. It's just really compelling. And for that reason, the social networks want us to create and promote more of it. And marketers who use it know that it's a very effective way to get into the minds of your audience. Rather than have to make them read, they just turn into a viewer. And viewing rather than reading is kind of a a lower friction, lower effort uh, process for consuming information, so it just has so many powerful advantages it's almost irresistible for both consumers and marketers
0: It's so easy, isn't it because I find myself scrolling through Twitter or Facebook and a video will just appear, and I can't help but stop and watch it um, that that has to be the sort of the number one reason why it's going so well.
1: And even in Google, right, Google wouldn't put video directly into Google search results so often if it wasn't that compelling, if it didn't capture and hold people's attention. So the reason these companies are all pushing video forward is because the data they have shows that it's working for us. It's attractive. It's compelling to us. So it, with that in mind, I mean, a lot of, if you just watch your own behavior um, or just look at history, right, uh, the internet really beat up on traditional media and print, but it didn't really take a bite out of video, right? People still watch a lot of video. I'm not sure that the amount of video watched by um, the average media consumer really changed from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s and today. Uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime video and Hulu and, you know, the channels changed, but we have not really turned off video
0: no it's still there isn't it everybody still has a tv in their room and or in their house at least and yeah it's it, it's kind of a staple of modern life now isn't it
1: <laughs> it is and uh, and as marketers we need to keep that in mind as we decide what formats with which to publish
0: So you've recently published an article titled "The Three Types of Marketing Videos." Can you explain what those are for us, please?
1: Sure. There are three. There's definitely three distinct types and purposes for promoting for creating and promoting video. Um, let's start from the top of the funnel. A social media video, as we already mentioned, uh, is being uh, is just sort of the the darling of social streams, and the algorithms are rewarding the marketers and. You know, social media users who are producing video, uh, they the algorithms push that to the top of the streams, and more people see video than see text or images. So this is a powerful way to capture people's attention and to get a message across, and even to promote content and drive visitors to a website. The idea there, if you're just doing social media, I mean, people make videos just to show what they're doing in life. If you're doing social media marketing, of course, you have a goal and a you know a business objective. What you do there is you create video that's designed to create brand awareness and drive traffic. So creating brand awareness, it doesn't really have to have a call to action. It's just video, like Instagram videos can create brand awareness. But in LinkedIn and Facebook, what video can do is slow down the the, the follower as they scroll and then capture their attention and hold it long enough, especially if it has captions, uh, to give them an idea for what they'll get if they click. And to it's basically like a huge upgrade to a normal social media post promoting a piece of content. So that's the first type of video, and it's just hosted directly within the, the social platform. Number two is partway down the funnel, it's on the page. It is a content marketing video and it's designed to teach. So these tend to be, you know, if the social video is like one minute long, the content marketing videos can be three minutes or twenty minutes long. They're designed to teach. So they they build trust and demonstrate expertise by Showing your audience something that's useful, showing them how to do things themselves, uh, basically growing an audience in the way that normal content marketing does, similar to podcasts or white papers or articles or blog posts. The third type of video is at the very bottom of the funnel, and that is a conversion-focused video. It's designed to sell. It's designed to build trust for someone who is considering using that company's products or services. So here again, video has a really powerful advantage because... If it's a video of a person, you get their tone of voice, you see their body language, you can see their face, you can imagine what it'd be like to work with them. They're telling their story to you in a way that's just way more compelling and powerful than text. So at the very, very top of the funnel for awareness and not even a visitor yet, you've got social media video hosted on the social platform. In the middle of the funnel or at the top of the um, website visitor funnel, you've got the visitor who can see the content marketing video, the helpful teaching, useful content in a video format. And then at the bottom on the sales page, on the service page, the product demo page, that's the sales video. It's conversion focused. It's designed to maximize the percentage of visitors who buy or become a lead. And that's usually hosted in a nicer platform, like a paid platform, like Wistia or Vimeo or something other than YouTube. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll get to your... dislike for youtube in a moment but i wanted to start with social media in terms of that that first um that first type of video that you mentioned there in that article you mentioned how uh, the likes of twitter and facebook have their autoplay feature um auto enabled so it's a default setting um you have to actually go in and physically turn that off yourself um, for you to stop that happening. Is this something that should be shouted about more, do you think?
1: I don't think most social media users even know that it's possible to turn off that autoplay. Uh, I, we are all sort of used to having video be something we we click to turn on the audio for. And for that reason, it's like I mentioned, it's important for the marketer making social media videos to include captions. So that the person who doesn't hear it yet can get the value of the voice and the and the, the content, they can sort of read what's being said. But yeah, I, I guess uh, if I was an advocate for consumers, uh, if I was teaching a class to high schoolers about or secondary education kids about you know how to protect themselves <laughs> from marketing, I would tell them that there is an ability to uh, turn off the autoplay. Um, but as a marketer. I'm leveraging that autoplay to slow down people as they scroll through a social stream.
0: Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that I, I suppose you, you you have to take into context is is what you're using that feature for. So from you know, a marketeer's perspective, it's it's a great tool to have and therefore you kind of want it there. But for maybe the the consumer or especially as you mentioned there the the younger consumer who wants to protect themselves a little bit more um or that you might be the adult wanting to protect your your teenager from from that more then then you've got to come at it from the other angle i mean I, i i kind of knew and found out that it went on autoplay automatically and that you could turn it off by basically being in work one day putting putting twitter on when i shouldn't really have been doing that and i should have been working and then suddenly going oh something's playing out of my phone. Why is this happening? <laughs> and it was then like, oh, I need to turn that off really. Otherwise I'll get caught. And that was the only way or the only reason that I ended up finding out you can turn that off.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be news to a lot of your
0: listeners. Yeah, I think so too. And it's it's one of those things. I'm not sure really whether we want to be telling them, but um, we, it, it is something that is there that can be done. So going back then to to YouTube and and what you said before, Andy, um, or rather what you didn't say before with regards to YouTube, um, it's not your favorite platform to host your video content, is it? Why is that?
1: Well, the YouTube player, when you use it to embed videos on your website, has this big disadvantage because they changed, late last year, they changed the feature where you can disable suggested videos. So it's entirely possible that anyone listening to this that has YouTube videos embedded on their website those viewers uh, finish watching the video and are now watching cats and uh, their you know movie trailers and you know competitor content and uh, ads because that player that YouTube has decided that showing suggested videos is critical to their users' experience so it, What I don't like is when people are on my site or on my client's websites and they are doing something that's irrelevant. Uh, That's just not what the experience is is supposed to be. So embedding videos from YouTube now has this big disadvantage because you can't turn off the suggested stuff. On the other hand, it's perfectly legitimate to use YouTube as another place to host video and build an audience in YouTube and post your content there. It may be discovered there. It, people can engage with it there. People can subscribe to it there. Uh, so it, as far as a, a, a tool for embedding content, no, they're much nicer players. There's players that you can design. You can match the look of your site. You can put calls to action in the player. Um, there's no irrelevant suggested videos. There's no ads. So I am not. I don't like the YouTube player when embedded on, on my website, but no, I, I, I do like uh, YouTube as a discovery tool. Uh, the downside to having your content or promoting content within YouTube, I would never purposely send someone to YouTube from my website or send someone to YouTube from an email because there's no analytic code. I can't tell, you know, they're not on my site. I don't have a visitor. So it's sort of like a, like a PDF file is a useful alternate format for content. You know, YouTube is a useful alternate location for video. Um, but it would never be the main or only way that I would post content marketing videos.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly the crux of it. Is that there's there's nothing wrong with YouTube for, uh, as you say, discovery, but for actually being able to then hold a uh, uh, consumers' and attention. Um, to your website, that's where it falls down. I mean, w- one of the things that I've noticed quite recently with YouTube is that um, if I'm watching, um, let's say, I'm watching a Mike the video, part of the Journey um, series, the next episode on the, the suggested list or on the, the autoplay uh, sort of uh, table next to the video, uh, if you're not watching full screen, will always be, rather than the next episode... Uh, of the journey, so uh, I'm probably about three episodes behind. Um, So rather than it being the next episode, it's the latest episode. And then also after that, actually, it's got nothing to do with, well, even marketing. Um, It it moves on to the cat videos and, and, you know, the gaming channels and things like that, things that YouTube is basically pushing you to watch because that's what they want you to see, rather than, I suppose, being clever enough to actually... Um, implement an AI I'm sure they are they just don't want to where it'll actually take you know your interests into account and it and it will realize, well, hang on a minute, if you're watching this marketing video, then maybe you'll want to watch this other marketing video, and that might be orbit media
1: yeah their um their algorithm is just showing whatever it thinks that viewer might want to watch based on everything that viewer has ever watched, so for me, it will be you know comedians and uh, funny things my kid has watched, uh, baby goats or whatever I was watching last week while playing with my two-year-old. Uh, I have heard that if you have an active channel, that the suggested videos when YouTube is embedded on a website are, are, are more likely to come from that channel. Uh, so it may be, you can maybe mitigate that issue if you decide you would like to use YouTube as your player on your website uh, by having lots of videos in your YouTube channel And just to hedge that a little bit, there is one benefit to having uh, YouTube be the embedded player for videos on your own website. It it pumps up the number of views on those videos because if you have a thousand visitors on your page and three hundred of them watch the video, you just incremented the number of views on that video by three hundred, and that can affect the algorithm that decides how many people are going to see that video later. So. I think you can increase the visibility for your videos within YouTube by embedding and maybe just temporarily embedding that video using the YouTube player on your website just to increase the views uh, to try to jumpstart demand and trigger the YouTube algorithm. Time for a short break now. And when we come back, we'll take a more in-depth look at those videos
0: you should be spending big on. We'll be right back. So make sure you save that cute cat video until the end of the podcast. See you in a moment. Tech Demand is a B2B platform who specialise in connecting organisations with their customers. Tech Demand create unique and engaging specialist content which is evergreen for generating campaign success. Visit the website tech-demand.com to discover how Tech Demand can help you. Welcome back to Tech Demand Weekly and my conversation with Andy Crestadina on video marketing. Before the break, as well as videos of cats doing silly things, Andy and I discussed why you should utilize social media's love of video to help market your business. Next up is Andy's third type of video, which he calls conversion videos. These videos sit on your website and are designed to be used further down the sales funnel. So I asked Andy if this is where you should be spending the bulk of your video content
1: marketing budget. Yeah, this is really where you spend the money. This is where it's worth it to spend the money. And I'm not selling anything to anyone, and we don't produce video, but I budget for and spend money on high production quality, trust building, storytelling, conversion videos. The About Us video, the video that tells your origin story or what you believe, uh, you don't want to shoot these on a phone or (laughs) with crappy cameras or, or microphones or lighting, because this is really where you're talking to someone in the moment when they're deciding whether or not to use your services. This is the video on the money page. So in, uh, I'm sure that prices vary of course around the world, but where I am, you know, $4,000 us to spend on, on a couple of really nice about us videos or videos where you uh, are carefully edited and, and um, written where you're describing the difference of your service or product compared to the market or talking about what you believe as a business and what you stand for and against it, it it's worth it you'll get years of lifespan out of them usually and you're talking to the most important visitor you have so if you've got a budget for video this is where to spend it In social media videos obviously you don't need to spend a lot of money to shoot a video from your phone and, and the, a, an expensive or high production quality video compared to a inexpensive low production quality video we'll get basically the same results for content marketing content those things i shoot on my laptop and i have a decent microphone but i don't worry too much about the lighting i'm basically giving away free information and hoping to build trust and an audience by teaching uh, there's those viewers are not judging me harshly based on it there's no real benefit to spending thousands of dollars on a on a studio for me anyway on a, a content marketing video but conversion video i'm calling a professional
0: i think that's it isn't it with those uh, those first two types of videos for the social media platform uh, and then for the content marketing it's more about the what's inside that video the actual content itself so you you may well just basically sit in front of a, a camera and and just talk to that camera but it's what you're saying that's actually important and that's going to grab the attention there's there's no need to spend anything other than your time doing that really is that
1: no i mean if, if for this for this conversation uh you and i could have spent uh 60 hours carefully writing out the script word for word uh we could have gotten plane tickets to fly to uh, a studio and met and done this face to face uh we could have very carefully uh produced, you know, every aspect of this podcast, but what would be the incremental benefit? You know, would it, would there be any ROI? Um, for this is the perfect production quality level for what we're doing. Same with video, you know, the, the budget should align with the expected outcome. So don't spend a lot of money making social media videos. Um, and don't expect a cheaply produced conversion video to get results. You know, it's, that's really the key to marketing and everything is to align your your budget and your expectations.
0: Something that I'm always telling my clients about when it comes to podcasting is, is that there's no set amount of time for a good podcast. The length of time that it lasts for is driven purely by the amount of good quality content that you've got. Uh, that must be the same with video content too.
1: Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. And there's a lot of debate about this. What is the length, right? How long should uh, should a video be? And I love the way you put it. That's that's how I think of it too. If I'm tar- if I'm tackling a big topic, uh, it's going to be kind of a long video. You know, if it's something shorter. So let's say I'm making a a, a video to introduce my followers to an article I published. Now I'm going to spend a minute on that. It should be about a minute, minute and a half. And when they land on the page, the article is about setting up Google Analytics. I need to make a video that teaches you everything you need to know about setting up Google Analytics. That takes me 22 minutes of video to show you everything that you need to know about setting up Google Analytics. So it's um, the form follows the function, which is, uh, I'm borrowing a phrase from architecture and design. So, you know, if you have a lot to carry, get a big container. It just uh, depends on the topic. So that question and all of the debate around it, I think there's numbers, like the average um, uh, viral video in YouTube is two and a half minutes long or something. So who cares? There's, that isn't meaningful or useful information. What I'm looking at is the topic. What is the best format for this topic? What is the best link for that format? Because I'm trying to make the best thing I possibly can, um, in a reasonable amount of time, uh, and make sure it's condensed and condensed and, um, not wasting the time of the viewer or reader. So that's how I think about length is uh, just to get to the point, cover it completely and uh, sign off because that's that's what I got for you. And, that, and that's however long it took to get it to you.
0: That's it. I mean, I, I'm forever sort of seeing other podcasters who are either just starting up or um, they might be quite experienced, but they're always asking the same question, which is, how long should my podcast be? And the answer is always, well, what content have you got? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm actually starting a, another personal project uh, for myself because I'm running a rather ridiculously long um, 50 mile race in July, and I've decided I'm going to podcast about that. Wow, good for you! Well, I decided right. Well, I'm go- I'm going to go out there. I'm gonna I'm going to make a podcast for something for me to sort of do, but not only for you know. To sort of, I don't know, boost my portfolio, but also as a, as a memoir sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great. And, and I just kind of went, right, well, I was figuring it out. What should it be? You know, what should I have in there? And I've kind of decided I'm just going to go and speak to a lot of different people. So from the event organizers to people that have run the race before, friends and family and get lots of audio content from them and then sort of just break it up into subjects. And, and so each episode will be on a based on a different subject from kit to training to, um, you know, uh, what else is there, navigation, um, things like that. And, and, and I was like, well, well, how long will this actually end up being? And I've kind of roughly worked out that each episode will probably be no longer than about 15 minutes. Okay. Because there's, there's yeah. just... N- not that there's not enough content to make it longer, I'm sure there is, but I, I want it to be something that is quite short and snappy and and will give you uh, deliver the content that I want in a decent way there's no point in basically speaking to seven um, different people who are all giving exactly the same answers to the same questions, so I might as well just interview those seven people and then take the best two answers that I get and use that in the actual episode itself um oh yeah and yet all of the data that that comes through from from podcasting suggests that um you know the the optimum length of a podcast is around about 36 to 38 minutes and i just kind of go well if i don't have 36 to 38 minutes worth of quality content I'm just padding, then, aren't I, for a for a good yeah. twenty minutes on top of the fifteen that I'm kind of picturing in my head.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, would you rather listen to something that was fifteen minutes long but fluffed up to twenty minutes, or that was twenty five minutes long but was trimmed down to be the most juicy, impactful twenty minutes? Just as a listener, right? We we can easily conclude that. We are short on time. We want our information quickly. We don't want to uh, spend more time than necessary reading a lot of or listening to or watching lots of fluff. So I think um, uh, just as a consumer of information, and we can all quickly conclude that every content, every piece of content in any format, video, text, or audio should be exactly as long as it needs to be to convey the message and not one word or one minute longer. That's that's the rule. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that even though this episode now is about
1: video marketing, that rule just fits everything. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just being sensitive, being sensitive and considerate to people's time.
0: The latest state of video marketing study shows that a third of all surveyed brands dedicate 5% or less of their resources to video. Could this be down to it being a fairly new medium, do you think, compared to, I don't know, white papers, for example? Um, or, or do you think it might be something else?
1: Well, the breakdown, I mean, that number is very low. And its uh, I would expect it to be a bit higher. One of the reasons it might be low is because some of the investment in the in the uh, conversion focused videos i mentioned can last for years and you don't need to reshoot those every year uh, some of the costs in video have come down because you know a good microphone a good camera a decent light it's you know less than a thousand dollars you know you can get a basic setup um, i think that they're probably not categorizing everything that goes into video because let's say you have three team members and one of them spends 20% of their time on video well, there's salaries and benefits that go into that person's time that may not be properly categorized if they're just looking at like their invoices for you know a, third, a freelance video editor. But overall, I think the basic message there is that it's an underinvested format, that there is more opportunity there than people realize. So that does seem low to me. Uh, I don't think it's a new format, so that doesn't necessarily explain that that number. Um, I think it might be more interesting to look at the amount of content that is published in video compared to other formats. And uh, that if we had that data, it might show that people ha- are over-investing in text, people are sticking with what they know, a lot of CMOs and marketing directors are in a comfort zone and uh, slow to adapt the more engaging formats of uh, audio and video, the same way that people have been a bit slow to engage the more effective promotion channels. Like uh, like influencer marketing, so I think that there's a lot of laggards out there still, but that this is the the prediction that video will be big in the new year has been a prediction every year for year, for a long time. So uh, it, that number should grow. I think that number will grow.
0: I I think it's one of those things that 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 kind of frustrates me about B two B marketing is that. People seem to be not I, I, not stuck in the past as such, but they are comfortable in in using what has been used for many many years, and I, there's almost a a, a kind of uh, I, I, I suppose almost a, a sense of being scared of of the newer sort of more I, I suppose millennial style tactics that you could use. Um, and and being someone that is in his early thirties and and kind of supposedly within that millennial bracket, even though I don't love that word um, for me anyway, that I kind of look at it and go, well, you know, I, I'm I'm of that generation where I I I've grown up with you know uh, the internet, I've grown up with laptops, with mobile phones, and 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 everything like that, and the people that are sort of m- mostly, I would say, in in those Positions as CMOs and and CEOs, and maybe just that that generation above me, which are still basically having to be taught how to you know do these newer um, pieces of technology and do these newer ways of, uh, of of marketing themselves, and and not just at work, but also you know in in play as well in leisure time. And I do wonder whether that is part of the reason why we're we're not seeing the. The, the huge or, or expected uplift um, for content such as video?
1: Well, if there's a if people are in a comfort zone, I've got a comfort zone tactic for you, which is to go look at your top performing article and then simply turn that into a video. It will work. This there's, there's like an almost 100% success rate with this tactic to take the most successful X and turn it into Y. Um, it's, a, it's like a, the guaranteed surefire formula for content success. Uh, that, that page, that high-performing, high-ranking page, put a video on it, it will become even more engaging. And it already has lots of traffic, so you don't have to worry about people seeing your video. You're putting it at the top of a page that's a magnet for traffic. But yeah, in general, I think that people are a little bit slow to, to, uh, to adapt. If nothing else, though, that creates opportunity for the rest of us uh, it's easier to be differentiated in a world where people are slow to disrupt themselves or adapt their programs. So it's not uh, it's it's an opportunity for all of our listeners today to be early adopters. Uh, it's if you have a if you add a strategy of producing one video for LinkedIn per week, a one minute video for LinkedIn per week, or if you're if you're just going to produce one uh, content marketing video per month, or if at one point during this year you upgrade three of your pages your sales pages by adding uh, high production quality videos to them uh, you'll be ahead you'll be ahead the only it's easy to be ahead you just have to do what most people don't do which currently is still um, you know the full embrace of video marketing strategies.
0: Have you got any other advice for for those marketers that that maybe haven't stepped into the world of video marketing yet, or, or indeed for for those that have and just basically are wanting to sort of find a, a a new way of doing it?
1: Well, if you look at your yourself and your biases and your your reasons and triggers for doing things and not doing things, uh, and try to address that that thing that stops you from doing whatever it is. Whether it's a fifty-mile night run, <laughs> which, I, which again, Charles, I'm so impressed, or whether it's making a video, uh, a weekly video for LinkedIn, uh, whatever that thing is that's blocking you, look it in the eye, you know, ask yourself why you're you're hesitant. So some people they just say, well, I'm i just don't like seeing myself on camera, or I don't like the sound of my voice. Guess what? you welcome to the 100% of people who don't like the sound of their voice on audio. <laughs> it's normal. I person I have very few regrets in all of my experience, 18 years in digital, but one of them is my, I was slow to embrace social media when it, when it came out and I watched people around me begin to grow very large audiences very quickly. But my hesitation at the time was, Oh, it's just one more thing to look at. I already get too much email. It's one more inbox. I don't want the noise. Had I put that on a balance and evaluated objectively the pros and cons, uh, I probably would have been on an active social account a year and a half earlier, and would have a enormous following today. The people who did it then have huge followings now. So it's it's not a major regret. I don't need. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy with everything I've done so far. But if if I went back, I mean, I, and I could tell myself something, it would be to take a chance earlier, Do, you know, take the phone, and, and today that would mean, you know, the camera's in your pocket, uh, take it out, uh, record something, and post it, and just get over yourself, uh, overcome those biases, and um, make something and see what happens. The risk is low. The cost is close to zero, Uh, it's, uh, it's a bit foolish that more people who claim to have thought leadership goals or personal branding goals or, you know, sincere, you know, marketing objectives and business objectives, but they don't do the thing that they know to be effective for whatever reason, address that reason and give it a try.
0: Andy Crestodina. If you'd like to read Andy's article on the three types of marketing videos, you'll find the link in the show notes below. That's it for this week's episode of Tech Demand Weekly. I'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening.